inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Tuesday, July the 26th. 2022. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. The destruction of traditional marriage is just five Senate votes away. At the hands of Republicans, nonetheless. I ask the question, what exactly are conservatives conserving if it is not the fundamental bedrock foundation of society itself? A marriage between a man and a woman. We're going to have a conversation about that with Joshua Mercer from Catholic Vote. Coming up at 35 past the hour. Yesterday, I saw something that I felt was incredibly and truly disturbing. You know, in the midst of, like, say, uh, you know, destroying the traditional Latin mass communities in Chicago, Washington, D.C. recently, let alone all these other places, um, there was a priest in Milan who decided, you know, why can't we have mass in the water with, like, almost no clothes on and a float? Somehow that's okay, but the traditional Latin Mass is bad for the church. We're going to conversate about that and a lot more coming up in the What's Concerning Us at 15 past the hour. Top of the next hour, if you can join us, we surely would love to have you. Attorney Brent Haynes is going to be back on the program. Federal judge blocks Biden administration's guidance allowing biological males in girls' bathrooms. This is a win, praise be to God. We're going to catch up on that with him in the next hour. Hey, speaking of other news, Senator Chuck Grassley from uh, Iowa uh, has basically said, uh, um, yeah, the FBI doesn't really think that the Hunter Biden info is really all that, you know, good. So don't hold your breath on sort of, you know, justice or, you know, law being enforced and things like that. Just move on. Nothing to see here. Hey, Governor Gavs, uh, Gavin Newsom uh, out in California now wants to charge uh, people, private citizens who have their own well water, they want to charge them for drawing well out of their own well. So that's interesting. And President Biden says we're not, definitely not going into recession. Meanwhile, in other news, Larry Summers, former U.S. Secretary of Treasury under President Bill Clinton, said, yeah, it's very likely we're going to be in recession. So you choose. I don't know. Vice President Kamala Harris, guess what she said, Rudy? Is What'd the number say? one real issue in America today. <laughs> she said something about women are getting pregnant. That's right. It's the oh, real boy. issue of our time. The women are getting pregnant. Kamala, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like that scene in uh, uh, The Truman Show. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> anyway, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to be on. Hey, guess what? I tore up my man card yesterday. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I, ch- I just I can't do it anymore. Ooh. Uh, so, so what are your pronouns now? Uh, was him. Was him. <laughs> 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 I couldn't. I, 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 I'm somehow incapable of changing an O2 sensor out of my car. I'm telling you, man, you just don't buy American. Um, I know what kind of man can't change an O2 sensor on his own car? It's probably rusted on. I, I don't blame you. What does that got to do with it? Like, <laughs> either you're male or you're not, right? I did mean, you try percussive therapy? I did, on the O2 sensor. <laughs> and that got me into trouble. Yeah. So. Now the car doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Bonsek is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to Adrian. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. my truck mm-hmm. hit 200,000 miles oh. on my way here. That's sweet. So I took a picture. I was driving, <laughs> and I'm 
like have my phone out trying to take a picture of it and while I'm driving my an foot and then <laughs> all of a sudden I see sirens behind me and uh, two cars are coming towards me and I'm like hmm this was a bad idea so but there you go folks 200,000 miles two on my Dodge Ram there you Please go survive and uh, in 200,000 miles what has been the, the biggest problem you've had so far um <laughs> my fuel pump going out Dang. that's Honestly, not. I have barely had any problems with my car. Other than that, uh, really nothing. Oh, wow! Praise yeah. be to God. Well, that's good news. AC goes out pretty often, though. Let's that's pray good. that it lasts at least ten or fifteen thousand more miles. I'm thinking another two hundred. You think so? Yeah, probably not. Although, actually, no. It was a Toyota that went over the million mile mark. Yeah, yeah. I'm not expecting that. To happen. Um, but I do believe there is a Dodge truck that's uh, at a million miles in Kansas right wow. now. That's pretty impressive. So Pope Michaels. Not Pope Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> if I can hit 300,000, Pope I'll be Michael happy. in Kansas. You'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> but we warned you. All right, so there's that. All right, all right, we're going to jump in. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, July 26th, and here are your headlines this morning. Gazprom is to cut the Nord Stream 1 gas supplies to 33 million cubic meters from July 27th. Russian energy giant Gazprom says it's halting one, of its, one more of its turbines at the Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline for maintenance, which would result in a reduction of gas flows to Europe. Daily production capacity at the Russian Portovaya compressor station will be cut to 33 million cubic meters of gas per day, down from its full capacity of more than 160 million cubic meters per day. The Washington Examiner reports Hunter Biden evidence wrongly labeled disinformation by FBI, according to whistleblowers. Agents investigating President Joe Biden's son opened an assessment, which was used by an FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation and cause investigative activity to cease, according to Senator Chuck Grassley. Grassley revealed the claim after his office re received a significant amount of protected communications from highly credible whistleblowers about the investigation. The AP reports UK parents lose live support battle over 12-year-old son. The parents of a 12-year-old boy who was left in a comatose state after suffering catastrophic brain damage lost a court appeal on Monday to stop doctors from ending life support for their son. Three Court of Appeal judges delivered a ruling about what was best for the best interests of Archie Battersby, who was found unconscious at his home on April 7th. His mother said she believed he may be taking part of a, uh, he might have been taking part of an online challenge. And Catholic Vote reports Catholic Men's Group steps up to guard pregnancy center in Madison, Wisconsin. Men of Christ Madison, a Catholic men's group based in Wisconsin, was has begun stationing men overnight at their local crisis pregnancy center to ward off vandals amid a nationwide rise of attacks on pro-life clinics and churches. Yankee, the president of Men of Christ, is assisting in organizing a group of 60 men of Christ, each committed to staying inside the care center overnight to discourage vandalism and sabotage. Men are taking turns guarding the center in pairs. So far, Yankee says, 
there have been no incidents, and that's exactly how we want it. That's a little bit of good news there. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Bartolomea Capitohano. She was born in 1807 in Bergoma as the eldest of seven children to the merchant Modesto Capitiano and his second wife, Caterna Cassioni. She had two brothers and four sisters. All her siblings died as infants except for Camilla. Her, friend ran a, her father ran a business dealing in grain, also a small greengrocer's. Her mother educated her children with great care and also a deep faith. Her father soon became an alcoholic and became aggressive at home. Capitiano was educated at the convent of Port Clares in Louvre after her mother sent her there in 1818. She remained there until, as a teacher in 1825, she would return home. The girl would have entered the order of those nuns, but her parents would not consent to her request, but approached her spiritual director, the priest Angelo Bosio, for guidance. Reading the life of Aloysius Gonzaga enlightened the in and inspired her, and she attempted to emulate his virtues. After the conclusion of her studies, she opened a private school for girls, where she encouraged the devotion of the six Sundays of St. Aloysius that Pope Clement XII had approved in 1739. The Austrian government, which controlled the northern Italian region at the time, issued her a teacher's diploma upon her passing the requisite examination in 1822. She began teaching first grade schoolgirls at her old school, though left on the 18th of July, 1824, to go back home and teach at their local schools. In 1824, she first became acquainted with Vincenza Garosa, who also happened to hail from Louvre. There, the two became close friends, and together they embarked on a mission to start a hospital to care for those who could not afford medical care. They co-founded their order, their own religious order as a means to teach children and nurse the sick. The Bishop of Brescia allowed for Bosio and Father Rusticano Babelojo to purchase a house for the two women to found their order. On the Feast of the Presentation on the 21st of February, 1832, the pair dedicated themselves to God and began to live a communal life in accordance with the order the two founded. The formal founding was on the 21st November 1832, after the women began their work for their founding the previous 26th of April 1831. She died from tuberculosis in 1833 in Louvre. Pope Pius XI beatified her in 1926, and Pius XII canonized her alongside her friend Grossa in 1950. Saint Bartolomea, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 13 verses 36 through 43. Jesus dismissed the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said to him in reply, he who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. 
then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Jerome would say, 4th century monk and priest and doctor of the church, by the way. He says, quote, The Lord sends away the multitude and enters the house that his disciples might come to him and ask him privately of those things which the people neither deserved to hear nor were able. Close quote, St. Jerome. That's a zinger. Good grief, that hurts. St. Chrysostom says, a 4th century archbishop, by the way, he says, quote, The Lord had spoken to the multitude in parables that he might induce them to ask him for their meaning. Yet, though he had spoken so many things in parables, no man had yet asked him aught, and therefore he sends them away. Close quote. St. Chrysostom, are we asking the Lord for clarity? That's the question we should be asking ourselves right now. Remigius, a 9th century priest and monk, said, quote, That is the saints and elect men who are counted as sons. So the saints and the elect men. All right. Augustine says, doctor of the church, bishop, 4th century, says, quote, The tares, are the, uh, the, tares the Lord expounds to mean all children of the evil one, that is, the imitators of of the fraud of the devil, all right? We get to understand, as our Lord was saying here, there's the good ones, there's the bad ones. Remigius, a ninth century monk, says, quote, By the harvest is denoted the day of judgment, in which the good are to be separated from the evil, which will be done by the ministry of angels, as, as it is said below, that the Son of Man shall come to judgment with his angels. Augustine goes on to say that the tares are first separated signifies that by tribulation the wicked shall be separated from the righteous. And this is understood to be performed by good angels because the good can discharge duties of punishment with a good spirit as a judge or as the law. But the wicked cannot fulfill offices of mercy. Rabanus, a 9th century archbishop, says, quote, That is, let him understand who has understanding, because all these things are to be understood mystically and not literally, close quote, Rabanus. What does this all mean? That is, it's the same message every day. You have a choice, and you have to make it. Are you going to be among the good or the wicked? The wicked go to hell. Hell is a real place, and too many souls go there. Let's not be among that group. Let's pray, fast, and do penance. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's dis Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Whenever Christians judge some behavior to be immoral, we're often hit with Matthew 7, 1, where Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged. But this is a misreading of the text, because just a few verses later in verse 5, he gives us precise instruction on how to judge. He says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
Jesus, therefore, is not saying that we can't judge a behavior to be immoral. His point is that we need to have a forgiving and merciful attitude toward others as God has toward us. And when we do judge a behavior to be wrong and encourage our brother to avoid it, we need to make sure that we're first a credible witness living an upright life. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClade. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Saw this article yesterday out of LifeSite News. Uh, it said the Republican Party is about to betray Christians and destroy the traditional family. You know, I want to ask the question, exactly what are conservatives conserving these days? Uh, we've invited uh, Joshua Mercer from Catholic Vote to be on to have that conversation. And that's coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that if you can. Uh, but there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me. And I'm sure they are to you as well. And yesterday, it began to float about the interwebs, these images of a Catholic priest in Milan who decided that he was going to offer Mass at the beach. Okay, outdoor Masses, it, it happens. I've been to many myself. But this one's unique and special in many ways, and not in a good way. Uh, he went into the water to have the uh, Holy Mass, and I want to share this with you. And there's an article out of uh, Italy24, news.italy-24.com that has the story. It says, a parish priest celebrates Mass at sea. Mattress used as an altar. All right? So that's the backdrop. Let me read this to you. It says, a mat as an altar in the middle of the sea. And a uh, parish priest and faithful in, in the water. Thus Don Mattia... Uh, Bernasconi, vicar of the pastoral care for young people of the parish of San Luigi Gonzaga in Milan, celebrated Mass uh, one of the most beautiful uh, one of the most beautiful beaches. The parish priest used the it's a translation from Italian, so it's a little sketchy in the English. But nonetheless, they go to the beach with the young folk, right? Because you know you want to relate to the youngins. You know you want to be hip, cool. Just like the young people these days, right? The article goes on to say, Don Mattia, together with some boys from his parish, was in, uh, was in Croton to participate in a field of the legality of Liberia. Not even sure what that's supposed to mean. article goes on to say, being Sunday, Holy Day of Obligation, right? Uh, they decided to go to the beach but it was also necessary to celebrate Mass. Oh, golly gee whiz, what are we going to do? Got to go to the beach, and we got to celebrate Mass. How, how do we solve this problem? Well, it gets better. Just wait. It says, so the parish priest explained what happened. Quote, we had chosen a pine forest for a campsite, but it was very busy. It was very hot. And so we said to ourselves, hey, why not put into the water? A family heard us speak and made their mattress available, which was transformed into an altar. It was beautiful, even though we got burned. Close quote. Well, I'm so sorry, Father, that you, you know, you stripped down to just your bathing suit. You know, when you're saying Holy Mass, it's, it's a bad thing to get burned like that, I guess. 
article goes on to say, quote, The parish priest, together with his boys, carried out excursions and meetings with those who fight the, uh, the I don't even know what that word means, on the front line. Don Mattia recounted this experience as follows, quote, It was the first time we did a, fee, a free camp and we came to Calabria. We had a strong experience discovering so much beauty, more than we imagined, not only in nature, but above all in people, and the courage to say no to, is that drugs? I, I, I don't know what that word means. It's not translated properly. In the desire to have a more just and free land and to stay here to improve Calabria. Our experience through working with Liberia and meeting people has allowed us to see things more clearly. The reflection is on what we want to do now that we go, that we go home to commit ourselves more legality and respect or to leave things as they are close quote so that's the italian article that was translated probably through a artificial intelligence into english uh so it's a little sketchy but if you're watching us on a live feed what you are seeing in front of you and for you listening on the radio let me let me just explain it's an image of all the young people in their bathing suits sitting in the water while a little further away, in the water, up to about his navel, let's say, is this parish priest who uh, has decided to take off all of his clothes except for his bathing suit. And I don't know, uh, I lived in Europe for a time. It was very popular for, for the guys to wear Speedos. I'm praying that the priest is not doing that here. I'm hoping he's got, it, at the very least, swim trunks on. But I don't know. The pictures don't really uh, give us that information. But he's bare-chested, and on this float, this mat float thing he's got here that someone lent him, is laid out some sort of white cloth. And on that are the vessels for Holy Mass uh, and, a, and what I assume to be an altar server trying to hold the mat very steady. And, uh, of course, we see a picture here of uh, the, uh, the shirtless father saying Holy Mass in the water, on a float, elevating the chalice of the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shed for us on the cross. Now, I want to contrast this image with the image that's behind me. And if you're listening on radio, I shall explain. Behind me is a hand-carved uh, corpus from Mexico uh, our good friend Jesus Robles, a uh, good friend of the show, has had this commissioned by an, uh, a master craftsman in Mexico. It depicts the Lord and Savior crucified uh, on the cross. It's utterly uh, grotesque, horrible wounds inflicted upon him by, yes, quite literally the Romans, but you and me, our sins. Our sins did this. My sins did this to the Lord. And you can see every gaping wound, every flesh-torn uh, wound that he is bearing for you and for me, from the knees to the shoulders to his side to his hands to every portion of his body inflicted with wounds uh, in a crown of thorns that pierces his skull and penetrates his brain. You see, mystically present at the foot of the cross there, the actual uh, the real passion of our Lord there on Calvary some 2,000 years ago is every single uh, priest, bishop, cardinal, and even pope who says Holy Mass. It is not just a nice, 
platitude, a, th- a good thing to, to think about, a piety. No, actually present at the foot of the cross, mystically transformed through time, is every single priest who offers the Holy Mass. So this parish priest, without his shirt on, baking in the sun on a float in the water, is mystically present at the foot of this image. I mean, the real one, not this, this imitation that is behind me, but one that gives us a good idea. I want you to ponder that for a second. And then let's contrast that even further, because recently we discussed how uh, His Eminence Cardinal Supich in Chicago has, uh, uh, is seemingly going to be suppressing the traditional Latin Mass further in the Archdiocese of Chicago by uh, removing the faculties of the Institute of the Christ the King, and we still have yet to know how that's all going to turn out. We did report that as rumors and allegedly. I still don't know if that is in fact going to happen. But sources on the ground are saying, yeah, it's happening. We do know for certain that on the one-year anniversary of Traditionis Custodis, Archbishop or His Eminence Cardinal Wilton Gregory in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. did suppress the traditional Latin Mass. It also happened in Savannah, Georgia. So we find this very fascinating because um, somehow, some way, we are being told, made to believe, that the uh, traditional Latin Mass, those Catholics who deeply desire the tradition, the patrimony, the beauty, the grandeur of Holy Mother Church and all that it has to offer, is somehow bad for the unity of the faith. It's somehow destroying the church and its ability to relate to the youngins. College you is. I see what, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, may, I don't know. Let's just round up here. Maybe there was 20 or 30 youngins there. I don't know. But is this inspiring? Is this latest experiment with the divine liturgy somehow inspiring to the masses so that they come flocking like, oh, I've been waiting my whole life for a half-naked priest in the water to say Holy Mass for me to want to come to Mass all of a sudden. No. I'm sorry, the numbers don't bear out. No matter the experimentation over the past 60 years, it has not borne fruit. And we live in a day and an age where we must live among the tares. And the wheat must endure it until the very end when the angels separate us. And guess what? We best know which group we want to belong to. I want to, this is very troubling to me personally. As somebody who has grown uh, in greater love and affection for the tradition of the church, and to be honest with you, doesn't even fully understand it. I wouldn't even begin to pretend as though I've got it all figured out. I don't. I am learning as I go. And i got to tell you, it is almost, no, it is, in fact, insulting to see such an image of someone take so casually that which is so sacred. Now, I challenge you. I want you to pull out the book of Ezekiel or Zechariah or Isaiah or how about the, the book of the Apocalypse? The image that St. John the Apostle saw and gave to, gave to us as part of the patrimony tradition of Holy Mother Church, handed on from 2,000 years ago. 
I dare, I dare you to look in those pages on any reference of liturgies happening in heaven, either Old Testament or New, where you see a priest half-naked in the water offering up that sacrifice on a float versus divine liturgies with tons of incense, with, with great precision and action, repetitive uh, words from the angels themselves, let alone the sacrifice given with such intention, with such beauty and such effort. I argue that all references to divine liturgy and worship given to us in sacred scripture do not match what I see before me. You know, and I get it, too many uh, those that uh, are not in the traditional camp would say, oh, you guys, you're such rad-rads, you're such... You're so divisive. You're bringing up, you know, bringing up all this stuff. College you whiz, thinking, you know, your mass is superior to ours. Listen, if only the priest would, you know, do the red and say the black. Like if you just followed your own rubrics, college you whiz. Imagine what could be just be better just at that level. Let alone discussing anything further. Why is it so impossible for Catholic priests to? Do the red, say the black. I, I don't even, I guess you have to, I mean, you already go to a seminary for what? Six to 10, 12 years sometimes? Like how much more seminary formation do you need to understand to do the red and say the black? Why do we have to try to relate to the rest of the world in such ways? It doesn't make sense. It is insulting to so many martyrs so many saints of the church who would have seen this and just have probably gotten sick to their stomach to imagine it. St. Padre Pio, when he received his stigmata there in the choir, was told he was given a choice. Would he suffer for the great injustices at the hands of Catholic priests? He said yes. He spent 50 years doing just that. We'll be right back. Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the U.S. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while placing an emphasis on how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, AveMariaLaw.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, Thanks are the highest form of thought. At the sacrifice of the Mass, we hear the priest say, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Always and everywhere. Have we ever really thought about that? If we were always thankful to God, always and everywhere, what would our lives be like? Chesterton says, we should always endeavor to wonder at the permanent thing, not at the mere exception. We should be startled by the sun, not by the eclipse. We should wonder less at the earthquake and wonder more at the earth. Thanks are the highest form of thought. Maybe that's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. 
Just News reports Biden administration tries to redefine recession ahead of likely negative GDP report. The White House is attempting to redefine what classifies a recession ahead of a report to be released this week, showing the second consecutive quarter of declining gross domestic product. They say that that while some maintain that two consecutive quarters of filing GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way that economists evaluate the state of the business cycle, the Biden administration said last week. The next real GDP report is scheduled to be released on Thursday. The Daily Wire reports Capitol Police arrest House staffers for protesting climate change in Chuck Schumer's office. The United States Capitol Police arrested six House staffers on Monday who were protesting in uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's office. Law enforcement responded to the protests that took place in room 322 in the Hart Senate office building around 11.15 a.m., according to the Capitol Police. The protesters sat in his office and refused to leave. CNA reports thieves return relic of precious blood of Jesus, stolen from medieval church. A Dutch investigator who specializes in recovering stolen artifacts and works of art has reclaimed a golden reliquary, which was stolen last month from a medieval French church. The reliquary is said to contain two vials of the precious blood of our Lord Jesus. The thieves contacted him to arrange an anonymous return of the precious relic via email, and it was delivered to his doorstep. The Benedictine Monastery in Fécamp, where the relic was stolen from, was a major medieval pilgrimage site beginning in the 12th century. The relic, which was housed there, drew Christians from across Europe. Now, according to Pius' belief, the vials contained drops of the blood of our Lord that were hidden in a fig tree in the Holy Land, which then floated across the ocean, eventually landing on a beach in Normandy. And that's a little slice of good news there. Those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, we appreciate that. Hey, the Respect for Marriage Act is, uh, is, is up for vote in the Senate. And, uh, you know, I think it was 80-plus Catholics in the House voted for it. it. Essentially, this apparently is going to enshrine in law same-sex marriage and more. To talk about this, we've invited Joshua Mercer from Catholic Vote on to, to be with us. And he joins us now by Zoom chat. Good morning to you, Mr. Mercer. Hey, glad to be with you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, the House uh, already passed this deceptively named Respect for Marriage Act. Basically, it concretizes a uh, same-sex marriage ruling that the Supreme Court made a big mi mistake on back in 2015 in Ogreberfell. And uh, what, what, what started all this was that Clarence Thomas made the point, which is true, that not only was Roe v. Wade wrongly decided the day it was decided, but so is this 2015 decision. And uh, he said the court should revisit that, which sent a panic mode to every, you know, sexual revolutionist uh, to get this, try to pass this into law. And so the, the House passed it, and now it's on to the Senate. And it's a 50-50 Senate, right? 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats, uh, tie-breaking vote. But the, we have a filibuster, and we've talked about this a lot before. You need 60 votes to to pass this because – um, a minor, the minority can just keep debating it and block it and, and, and all that kind of stuff with the filibuster. Here's the problem. There's a lot of squishy Republicans who are actually just fine with totally redefining marriage at the federal level, which is a total mistake. I mean, it's a mistake anywhere you slice it, of course, as Catholics, uh, we would say that. But there's a lot of there's at least five Republicans who have already said that they're totally OK with the, the 
complete federal takeover of marriage uh, redefined in this radical way. Uh, it's only been, you know, seven years since this was done by the Supreme Court, if you think about it. And it's and it, it's unleashed all this LGBT stuff that we've seen recently. I mean, it goes beyond you know, the marriage debate and to touch every part of human life. I mean, why is it that we have a federal government now that's trying to force children to be castrated and you know all the, the all the radical stuff we're seeing in the lgbt movement now but mm. obviously catholics have our work cut out for us we have to remind people it's not just to declare every coupling to be equal i mean as catholics we understand and everyone should understand common sense Male and female is the only coupling that will generate new human life. And that's why it's unique to call it equal with everything else is a farce and an injustice. Let me reiterate, 80 plus Catholics in the House voted for this bill. I find that incredibly troubling. Catholic Republicans, a lot of Catholic Republicans too. Yeah, Yeah, we call them out. You know, and something I've said repeatedly on this show is as Catholics, uh, we should not... We should not break down based on party affiliate, right? Republican or Democrat or conservative, liberal, what have you. It's the faith. We believe in the Catholic faith and let the chips fall where they may. So it is not surprising to me, given all the other difficulties we face in the Catholic Church today, that 80 Catholics decided that they were going to supplant society in as a whole by destroying the very foundation and fabric of society, which is marriage between a man and a woman. Uh, it, it boggles the mind why they would make such a choice, but nonetheless, they have. And yet, so let's look at it just the Republicans. So many Catholics that I know give themselves over to the Republican Party and say, look, we got to be Republicans because, uh, you know, the Democrats, they got all these bad stuff. Well, exactly what is the Republican Party conserving at all these days? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, 60, 60 plus percentage of Republican voters aren't even with us on this. Um, and so we have our work cut out for us. I mean, the fact is, you know, the country has drifted very far in this. We have to do exactly what we did with Roe v. Wade. It may take a while. We have to re-educate people on the uniqueness of the man-woman marriage. It's the only thing. I mean, everything else is not a marriage, obviously. Just a marriage is between a man and a woman. That's going to take a while to, to re-educate people. And we got to – so we're going to continue to fight – on the, in the short term to try to stop this horrible bill. But we also, we have the long work ahead of us. I mean, today is a feast day of St. Ann Joachim. I mean, just get inspired by holy marriages to, to fight for this kind of stuff and, and to re-educate people about the uniqueness. The, the reason government is involved in, in marriage, right? We, we have a big libertarian streak in our country sometimes. Why is government even involved in this? Obviously, the government is involved in this. This is so fundamental. Why? Because... Marriage actually predates the government, and the government realizes this is very important. Man and a woman, we need to make sure that these couplings, which generate new human life, I mean, children come out of the womb, it's not like they're (laughs) 20-year-old voters. I mean, they need the mom and a dad to raise them, to educate them. It's in all of our interest to make sure that we have, you know, uh, as many people as possible raised by their mom and their dad. And this is very unique what marriage is, and we cannot forget it. So we have to keep fighting for it. 
Yeah, it's the the natural order. Um, thank you, thank you for your time, Mr. Mercer. If you don't know, uh, 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 CatholicVote.org, I suggest you check out their website. You know, I, I want to talk about the um, the uh, the naming of this bill. It's so deceptive, as you as you mentioned. They call it the Respect for Marriage Bill, and I'm just wondering what your take is on, you know, a lot of these these crazy uh, things that get passed. They try to manipulate the language, right? So you think respect for marriage? Of course, that's a good thing, right? And so people get swept away with that. And um, you see leftists saying, for example, love is love. And, you know, these slogans, they come up and kind of rally people. They, they think, oh, okay, well, yeah, that is a good thing. How do you think that uh, that, that people uh, uh, receive these these sorts of messages, these sorts of names, these conventions, and, and go along with You them? know, it's so perfect you said that. You know, Tucker Carlson gave a speech in Iowa, and actually not about marriage, it was about beauty. But he made the same kind of point that what what happens is, you know, people use language to deceive others. And we have to get back to the basics. And if you remember, he even said in the Bible, first there was the word. Everything flows after that. We are made in the image of God. And, of course, language has this immense power. That's why it has power, because, you know, God is the word. And so using words, um, you know, again, you when you when you're in a battle, the first thing that happens is people enlist the use of language to try to manipulate things. Like they say, war the first casualty is the truth. I mean, this is exactly what's going on. This is a spiritual battle. The first casualty here is the truth. Like it is so obvious. Like the whole debate they call it marriage equality. It's not equal. A male and a female is the only coupling that generates new human life. To call anything equal to that, which is totally unique, is a farce. It's an injustice. So. You're right. We have to keep fighting. Absolutely. We have a, if you go to CatholicVote.org, we have information about this bill. You can look at it. You can sign up. You can contact your members of, uh, of Congress, especially people who are in uh, states that's going to make a difference. I mean, if you're in North Carolina, you know, uh, some of these states where the, Ohio, where this, the senators are kind of wavering, we could really use some help. Yeah, I did that this morning, uh, by the way. I did this myself. It only takes really a moment, and uh, you can click the uh, Catholic, you can go to their website, catholicvote.org, and you can find the link there. But uh, they have a suggested text. You can just hit the send, tell them where you live. It figures out who your, who your senators are, and you can send it off. Just takes a moment. Super easy. You can actually customize the message if you want. Uh, that's possible, too. I highly encourage you to do that. Um, we're, we're right at a hard break here, but I want to set some stuff up for what we're going to discuss after this break. Uh, it's more than just same-sex marriage, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a whole lot more in this bill. I mean, it's, you know, again, they get, they get greedy. They want to throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. Yeah, sorry. Much more is actually at stake than just same-sex marriage versus heterosex marriage. And I think you should be very concerned about this in addition. So we're going to conversate about that right after this very quick break. And I also want to talk about, uh, like, maybe this was a, like a sort of a, a surprise to the far, those on the far left. I don't think they thought it was going to go this far. And here they are on the doorstep. More to come. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Joshua Mercer is our guest. He is with Catholic Vote, catholicvote.org. We're talking about this uh, bill uh, that is in the Senate right now. He already passed the House. Some 47 Republicans voted for it. 80-plus Catholics voted for it. And it would enshrine as law of the land uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, because Justice Clarence Thomas, in the Dobbs v. Jackson uh, decision, came out and said, "Listen, we made bad decisions based on uh, you know Roe v. Wade, and we now need to fix those. We're doing it with Dobbs, but we need to look at some of these other decisions, like Obergefell, where we also made similarly bad decisions, and they need to be corrected for justice' sake." And that got the left pretty worked up. And then, of course, they're now trying to say, all right, well, we're going to pass legislation to ensure, to codify, so that the Supreme Court can't take that away. Uh, Mr. Mercer, back to the, uh, welcome back to the show. I feel like the left was doing this as messaging, right, just to signal to their base, hey, we care about this issue, and so we're, this is our messaging to our base. Did they expect that the Senate would be like, oh, no, we can get this done? I think they thought they probably only had like a one in five or one in 10 chance. Um, it turns out that you're right, that it's got a better chance of succeeding than they initially thought. The Democratic Party has had such a horrible year from the gas prices, inflation, and all this other stuff, Afghanistan withdrawal from a year ago. They needed a win. And this is this has turned out to be a surprising political win for them in a year that's been very difficult. I mean, for them and their base, you know, to see Roe v. Wade overturned is just terrible for them. And so they're looking at this like, wow, this is an opportunity for us to make our base, you're right, happy. Um, but, you know, it, we, we got to fight on this. We got to fight this. Yeah. I mean, it's surprising to me to see so many Republicans support this, to be sure. We, we discussed that last segment. But this bill has more to do than just, uh, you know, marriage between a man and a woman or same-sex couples. It, it, in fact, goes into a much more perverse direction, doesn't it? Right. I mean, the bills, I mean, obviously the bill, first of all, repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, which the Supreme Court had already overturned, but it formally repeals that, which is a frustration. But the bigger problem is it basically says every state has to recognize marriage if it's been recognized in another state, right? That's their way of saying it. But the problem with it is, right, what happens if California decides to go a little bit more crazy? You know, what if they allow multiple husbands or multiple wives, you know, polygamy? Yeah. And then 
then then that couple moves to well not couple gosh that those four people let's yeah. say yeah. moved to Texas and then as you say hey Texas this is a this was called a marriage in California because of this new law quote unquote you have to recognize this as a marriage so you start running into all sorts of problems and say why why limit it to two you know yeah. the, the the principle is still the same they would say so that's you know that becomes a real hornet's nest you know and I think. That, is all sorts of problems. You know, I actually disagree a little bit in the sense that I think that we actually went all the way radical and now we're backtracking. And the way reason I say that is because societies throughout history of mankind have always had marriage between a man and a woman. Now, there were cultures where had a man and multiple women and allegedly, according to some modern scholars, there have been relationships between one woman and multiple men where there was marriages in that way. Concubines have always been a thing. These kind of natural sins and or natural marriages between several people were always a thing. Polygamy has been a thing throughout society, and it was the Christianity that crushed that and made it between one man and one woman. But sodomy... While it's always being a sin and practiced throughout different cultures, it was never considered marriage because it was understood that it was not fruitful. It was, it was sterile, as you mentioned earlier. So I think that going backwards and trying to make things uh, put polygamy in is actually less radical than what we have already done by making gay marriage legal. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, that's, that's certainly uh, – I, I can understand your point there. And, um I mean, obviously, they're both different kinds of sins. I see what you're saying. Um, incidentally, with regards to polygamy, to, to kind of go around your question a little bit, um, you know, Utah had a lot of polygamy because there's a lot of Mormons, and they wanted to be admitted into this union. And people from other states are like, well, hold on a second. We want to make sure that you're not going to, you know, enshrine this in the law. And so that was... Uh, made quite clear to Utah that they had to make sure marriage was only between a man and a woman before they became a, a, a into our union. So, again, this is why this is so important because, you know, if if you're married in 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 Minnesota and you go to Texas, you know, we have this is what our country's about. Like the marriage should be you're still married, full faith and credit. So that's why you know we're, we're having to deal with some of these issues and questions. Now, I got another uh, problem I have with this bill. Uh, the reason I have a real big problem with this bill is the religious freedom implications. Now, if you, some of you might remember this, but Bob Jones University had a, uh, had a fight um, with the federal government back in the early 1980s. And it was, a, you know, they, they had some views that Catholics are really, I mean, they don't like Catholics, by the way. But they, they really thought interracial, you know, couplings was just totally bizarre. And they, and, and most people think that's really kind of crazy. Well, the Supreme Court cited, uh, fundamental national policy as a reason to remove their tax exempt status because they were totally going against the Civil Rights Act and all that other kind of stuff, right? And, and that's what the, the Supreme Court used to justify that decision. Well, if this becomes a law, Right. What will happen to other religious schools that just believe in natural marriage and don't don't recognize other kind of stuff? Do they run the risk of losing their tax exempt status? Do we you know, do we do we run the risk of the federal government coming in and saying you have no right to act like this, your organization, your charity, your school? So I think there or, are monstrous or even worse. 
or even worse, a Catholic church, you must marry this this quadruple couple. You must right. you must uh, you have to because it's the law of the land. And if you right. if you don't, you could like in Canada, you could be dragged before a tribunal and who knows what will happen then. Or or your tax exempt status will be removed and God you is. I mean, yeah, it just goes on and on, but I would say if if polygamy becomes the loophole, I mean, sodomy is bad enough, and then you get polygamy, um, notwithstanding Adrian's comments a minute ago, well, what's going to stop someone going, well, college you is, I'm married to my dog, and you must recognize that. I mean, you know, again, it's probably e easier for these courts to kind of get creative when it comes to this, the set number of persons in a marriage. Um, I don't know if they would be willing to make that leap, but, you know, well, again, it's, the things, the it's things we on the agenda. of right, impossible just eight years ago have yeah. become possible. Or, or, or... The age limit is my concern. What, you know? yeah, what about, yeah, marrying uh, the man-boy-love uh, community? By the way, there was a report of two children receiving monkeypox because they were in a, a community of this cabal, this homosexual sodomy cabal. Pray for those children because that's a pretty serious thing. Um, but the man-boy-love I mean, organization would love to be able to, or, to marry children. When it comes to sexual revolution, though, the the real victims are almost always the children. Yeah. And that's the thing that people need to remember. It's like, you know, people think, oh, we just want to do X or Y because it's a lot of fun or whatever. And it's like the, it ends up happening is that kids get caught in the crosshair. They end up being the victims, that, you know, broken homes or in, in some cases, obviously, much worse. Uh, we all have an incentive to try to fight again and strong for what marriage is intended and it's the thing is like it's not even i mean obviously it's a catholic thing because it's a truth thing but it goes you know you don't have to be catholic to recognize the truth of marriage as a, the unique pairing of a man and woman to create new human life it has transcended denominations and generations civilizations it predates all governments it's the most natural thing and it needs to be defended especially when it's under attack yeah, uh, we as Catholics especially are called to stand up and say, no, it's not equal to a million other things that aren't equal to. It is unique, a man and a woman, the creation of new human life. And we as a society have an interest in making sure that new life is taken care of. You know, Absolutely. Uh, it's, this is one of those issues that I find is under underrepresented when it comes to uh, the outspoken voice of uh, the hierarchy of the church bishops, USCCB, that kind of thing, defending marriage between a man and a woman. It's almost as if we have conceded this ground and we are just sort of letting it go wherever it goes. Do you see it that way or do you find pockets within, say, the bishops that uh, are defending traditional marriage? I'm going to basically agree with you, but here's what I'm getting at. I guess I would say in the run-up to 2015, right, so from 2008 to 2015, as all these states across the country were debating whether or not they should enshrine in the Constitution natural marriage between man and woman, and a lot of states voted on that stuff and, and approved it, right? And then 2015, the Supreme Court comes along and says, eh, you know what, no, eh, we're done with this, we're getting rid of it. And then so many people, not, not just bishops, but, you know, Catholics, everyone across the country said, oh, I think we lost. The thing is, when Roe v. Wade happened, we didn't just say, oh, I guess we lost. You know, whatever. We walk away from the battlefield. We're done. It's like, wait a minute. We said this is totally wrong. We have to fight this. 
And Nellie Grace, I loved her because a year after that, she's like, I'm going to do a march. we got to do something to keep this going, to let people know about the, this truth. And it took 49 years to, to, you know, put the toothpaste back in the bottle, right? Um, I think the initial reaction to the marriage defeat was, oh, I guess it's settled. Nothing's settled. There is nothing. I mean, like... <laughs> There's no permanent victories on this side of, you know, heaven. I mean, you've got to keep fighting. Yeah. You know, and if you lose, you, you know, take a step back, count your blessings, mm. look at over things, you know, and, and devise strategy and then move forward. I think at the very least we could say we must prioritize giving children what they deserve, which is a mom and a dad and a stable relationship with which they can grow. Uh, that becomes a greater priority than being sympathetic to people who are struggling in uh, you know, same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria or anything else. We can be sympathetic and care and want to help those people, but not at the expense of children. And it doesn't make Perfectly sense. Said. Uh, all right, so we're running out of time here. They can go to your website and they can contact their senators to try to, uh, to have some influence on how this gets voted for. Absolutely. Go to CatholicVote.org and you can contact your senators and, you know, never count anything out. There's we, we can fight on this. We can win on this. And let's, you know, press forward. All right. Praise be to God. Joshua Mercer from CatholicVote.org. We're grateful for your time today, sir. God bless you. God love you. Have a good one. You, sir. All right. If you can join us in the next hour, Attorney Brent Haynes is going to be on talk about federal judge blocking the Biden administration's guidance, allowing biological males and girls school bathrooms. That's kind of a win. So it's some good news. Praise be to God. Brent Haynes will tell us all about that and the implications of it. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning for another round of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God bless you. God love you. Share us with a friend. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Herning. Over the past year, many dioceses have given Catholics a dispensation from attending Mass because of the pandemic. This has led to a certain amount of confusion regarding the importance of the Lord's Day. The Catechism tells us the institution of the Lord's Day helps everyone enjoy rest and leisure to cultivate their familial, cultural, social, and religious lives. So celebrating Sunday isn't really a time for us to go to Mass. Though that is the most important thing you can do that day. 
But the church tells us to also invest in our familial life. Spend time with your kids, play games, watch a family movie, or take a day trip. Develop your cultural life by visiting a museum or attending a festival or going hiking together. Cultivate your social life by having other families over, spending time in service of others. Let's use the Lord's Day to be refreshed and renewed as a family through prayer and cultivating true leisure. For more ideas on developing your family culture, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Deacon Joe. I'm Thomas White, and Deacon Joe and I represent the Catholic Radio Quest, and we thank you for listening to KSHJ, 1430 AM, Catholic Radio throughout Metro Houston on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to have attorney uh, Brent Haynes on the program talk about uh, some good news you know we've had lots of challenging news there's some good news coming your way praise be to god if you missed the last conversation we had with josh mercer from catholicvote.org let me encourage you to check out the podcast you can do so on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt but this uh marriage bill in congress right now is serious has serious implications and we want to encourage you to get involved, and you can do that um, by listening to that conversation, reading some of the articles that are uh, relevant to that, and contacting your senators. That'd be a, a wonderful way to do it, too. But uh, nonetheless, either way, uh, Joshua Mercer was a great guest, and uh, you can find that podcast on our mobile app as well. Just download the Guadalupe Radio Network app in your app store, and you can find in the flyout the Catholic Drive Time podcast, praise be to God. But we're also on iTunes, But although there's a catch there, right, Rudy? Yeah, so look us up on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And if you love Catholic Drive Time, you want to see us succeed, go on there and review us. Give us a five-star review, regardless of what you think of the show. If you think you hate the show, give us a five-star review anyway, because what you're going to be doing is you're going to be advancing us on that platform to continue to reach out to different souls Mm. who will need to hear something. They'll reach out they'll benefit from the 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 saints of the day they'll benefit from being informed about the news they'll benefit from uh all of the different headlines that are concerning us so do us a favor and uh, give us a five-star review on on apple i think maybe Mm. you could do that on an android play store i'm not sure nope no you can't give a review i looked there's no way to leave a review as far as i can tell on any other platform for podcasting other than the the itunes store now the iTunes podcast directory, I want to say, still kind of reigns supreme yeah. in podcast world, mm-hmm. even though you can get your content through Spotify or whatever. Right. Um, now, back in the day, back in my day, back in my, back in my day. day, get off my lawn, you. <laughs> uh, back in my day, uh, when uh, I used to do podcasting uh, only, um, you know, I would always ask for the five star review. And as a result, I would blip up and down on the top 100 Christian podcast list on iTunes. Nothing but the hits. So me and Joyce Myers were like neck and neck on many occasions. Huh. Uh, and then, you know, then uh, half a second later, I'd be gone. You know, so, uh, but it really helped to gain a new audience. And so yeah. I was enjoying in those days, and we're talking 2000. 
2008, 2009, 2010, in that kind of era, uh, I was enjoying 5,000 plus uh, downloads uh, of my podcast a week hmm. uh, from the Apple iTunes store. Those were so, the pioneer days. Those of, were the good uh, old digital days. media. <laughs> yes. And I was actually live streaming my podcast production on Ustream. So I would live stream me recording my podcast on Ustream, and then I would download the video and upload it to YouTube and, cool. and Gloria TV and all these other places. <laughs> and then I would upload the audio to, to my server so it would go on to Apple iTunes stores. I and mean, those were the good old days. And it would take me like four hours every Sunday afternoon to do the podcast for that was only a half hour long <laughs> that's fun that sounds like me every friday yeah yeah <laughs> it's good times man good times my uh oh, needless to say uh the if you could leave us a review it really does make a difference it's something you can do for the benefit of benefit the, of souls yeah who knows who will discover our podcast feed on those platforms because you took a time took a moment to go to uh the, your itunes account and leave us a review. So again, five stars only, please. Five. Now, in the comments, you may be like, Joe is the worst ever. That's fine. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> and that's what my wife would say. It's fair. Uh, but nonetheless, five stars would be fantastic. But uh, anyway, praise be to God for it. Let's go to the phones. Britt Haynes is joining us today. Attorney, uh, for, uh, Catholic speaker, uh, pioneer, and uh, defender of, of, uh, of the faith, of life, and of liberty. Praise be to Jesus. He joins us now. Good morning to you, Mr. Haynes. Hey, good morning, Joe. It's good to have you back on the program. How are you? Well, I'm wondering who that man is you just described. So. <laughs> Look in the mirror, my friend. Look that in the man mirror. is you. The man in the mirror. How's that song go? Do you remember that song, Brent? Do you, were you a big Michael Jackson fan? I'm just curious. Uh, I like some of his early stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like Billie Jean and that kind of thing? Or, uh, yeah. Oh, God, they... Thriller? Well, Remember Thriller? Yeah, well, you're, I'm giving away my age. Even <laughs> the early stuff, Jackson 5. I mean. Do a way <laughs> earlier stuff. Wow, I, forget, I forget sometimes you're, you're, you're an elder statesman statement to me. Before so. the flood, right? Before the, yeah. <laughs> Before well, the flood. Praise be to God. Speaking of uh, of some uh, gender issues, uh, a federal judge blocks Biden administration's guidance allowing biological males in girls' school bathrooms. What's going on here, Brent Haynes? Well, Joe, the uh, presidential administration through the Department of Education had issued a letter called a uh, guidance and sent this out to basically all the school districts across the country. Um, it's very procedural, gets a little technical, but the bottom line is, uh, of concern for people who have children in public schools or any schools that get uh, federal money, because that's always the strain, right? Bottom line was that uh, it prohibited or purported to prohibit uh, discrimination against transgender students. Now, none of us are saying, of course, that we ought to go out and discriminate against transgender uh, people. Uh, in any malicious or uncharitable sense of the word. But what this means in political terms, of course, is allowing, uh, tr you know, trans girls or boys to compete on the other, uh, compete on sports teams, such as, uh, you know, Leah Thomas, for example, uh, competing as a swimmer in the NCAA women's uh, swimming competitions, who was just nominated for, you know, Woman Athlete of the Year. Um, well, this ruling would require uh, grade schools, uh, junior highs, middle schools, high schools all across the country 
to allow uh, students to uh, per participate on sports teams just based on their gender identity. Um, it uh, would prohibit um, having uh, restrooms or locker rooms that were based so that were same sex, according to uh, as the phrase is uh, in some doctor's offices now. You know the gender assigned at birth or sex assigned at birth. So this uh, this letter threatened to this letter said basically. Um, if you don't do these things, then you will lose federal funding and you will face enforcement action. Now, enforcement action, of course, means a lawsuit from the federal government, um, civil penalties, and, of course, small you know, school boards, they don't have the resources. Uh, often they don't have the inclination, but they don't have the resources to stand up to the Department of Education or the federal government if they get sued. So that's what this particular... Uh, so-called guidance uh, required. Well, uh, 20 states filed suits and said, look, this interferes with our ability to enforce our state laws. Um, it violates the Tenth Amendment. It also said that uh, this uh, guidance was uh, misapplying the law. The guidance uh, goes back to the decision from two years ago, Joe, where the Supreme Court in Bostock uh, said that employers who fire employees who are trans um, violate the Equal Employment Opportunity Act. Mm. And the uh, plaintiffs in this lawsuit, uh, which was heard in Tennessee, said, um, said that that misrepresents that law because they're over-reading that law. That law was just for employers, and now they're trying to apply this to schools. And the judge, at least temporarily, because it's a temporary, uh, this is just a restraining order for now, uh, the judge agreed with them. Now, Gorsuch wrote in the Bostock Majority Opinion, according to this article you sent me from the Daily Wire, says, quote, they say sex segregated bathrooms, locker rooms, and dress codes will prove unsustainable after one after our decision today but none of these other laws are before us we have not had the benefit uh, of adversarial testing about the meaning of their terms and we don't and we do not uh, prejudge any such question today close quote neil gorsuch what does that mean Brentains? well that was one of the problems with the Biden administration's position uh, the Supreme Court said right there as you just quoted look the case before the Supreme Court was can businesses fire employees solely because they change their sex that's really the case that was before the Supreme Court uh, so that case involved businesses that involved employers um, it involved adults it did not involve schools it did not involve education it did not involve children it did not involve uh, states' rights on their ability to implement their laws, and it didn't involve the parent-child relationship. And yet, even though uh, the Supreme Court opinion, opinion Bostock uh, tried to limit it to just that employer situation, and, and in, in terms of looking at lawyers, which is what, you know, uh, in terms of looking at the holding, which is what lawyers look at, uh, the holding was just dealing with trans employees in employment situations, adults in employment situations. And yet, despite that, the Biden administration, because they really want to push this progressive agenda, they uh, went ahead, they just went full steam ahead and put that out there anyway.
They just ignored it, and that's that's what the court said. Mm. So what's what's the play here? Uh, this judge puts a temporary hold on this, and what are we looking at afterwards? Well, that that's a very good question, Joe, because this falls under. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, this falls under all the regulations and rules that uh, federal agencies promulgate under laws that are passed by Congress usually, and sometimes adjusting those laws according to court decisions. And, ju- and guidance, as it's put out by agencies, can be important because people want to know what the law is. And basically what guidance in its best form is a letter from a federal agency saying, look, here's how we understand the law passed by Congress, or here's how we understand the ruling from the Supreme Court. Here's how we're going to interpret it in our area of the, you know, the government bureaucracy so that people will know what to expect in its worst form, such as in this one. And, and this, gu- this use of guidance in the last 20 years or so has just become another drastic expansion of governmental authority. Uh, this use of guidance has turned into basically threats of extortion where uh, small government agencies around the country uh, get letters uh, saying, do this, this, and this, or we're going to withhold your funding and we're going to sue you. So we're going to take money away from you and we're going to force you to spend money to defend yourself. The Obama administration did this uh, with a letter to a high school in Illinois years ago where they basically said, look, you've got to provide a, uh, you've got to allow a trans, uh, I get the terminology wrong all the time, Joe, they confuse me, I have to confess, a boy who wanted to be a girl, uh, the Obama administration told the high school, you've got to let him use the girl's locker room. So this whole development of guidance has really gotten significant. In this case, as you were uh, just asking, uh, what happens next is this case will proceed, but also at the same time, the Department of Education is going through the administrative process whereby they publish their rules. They put out uh, a time period called the public comment period where the public can go in and comment, and then they finalize their rules. That was another issue in this case, is that the, uh, the point was that they had not really given the public time to comment. Uh, this fight is not over. This is a temporary ruling. The Department of Education will uh, will put out their rules, and this is really just the beginning. But the good news for parents around the country, especially in those 20 states, is, uh, you know, we won. We didn't lose. And this judge, who was appointed by President Trump, saw that the Biden administration had overplayed their hand and had misinterpreted the Bostock opinion, as you pointed out. Uh, so the fight continues, but for now, it's a good victory for parents. Well, praise be to God for that. We need a good victory for parents, especially after what we just discussed with Josh Mercer from Catholic Vote about uh, you know same-sex marriage being enshrined in law at the hands of Republicans, nonetheless. All right, God bless you, uh, Brent Haynes. We're grateful for your time and your insight onto this. We'll look forward to seeing you next week at this time. Have a great day, Brent. Thank you, Jeff. Praise be to God. What's coming up next is fun, a good time, and we want to encourage you to participate by picking up the phone and uh, making a phone call, playing our Fear and Trembling game show. 
It's nothing but upside, I promise. 877-757-9424 is that phone number. It is available to you. First caller gets to be the contestant, and it's super easy at 877-757-9424. Call now. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that Catholic theology is too dogmatic? That the faith should be freer, more liberal? Well, G.K. Chesterton says there will be no end to the weary debates about liberalizing theology until people face the fact that the only liberal part of it is really the dogmatic part. Their problem, he says, is not that there's not enough freedom in the dogma, but rather too much. The dogma gives man too much freedom when it permits him to actually be responsible for his sins. The dogma gives God too much freedom when it permits him to suffer and die. The dogma gives the church too much freedom when it gives it authority. It's not the doctrines that limit us. It is the denial of them. It's only the truth that makes us free. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D. And so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel... All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Tribute Game Show with secrets and agendas. So don't tell anybody. But what we do want you to do is make a phone call right now. Phone lines are open, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are available to you. First caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. It's fun, I promise it's uh it's going to be a good time 877 757 9424 if it's been a while since you have played last you can call back 877 757 9424 once again 877 757 9424 call right now but there are as i say some things we do on the down low on the back end and we just don't want anybody to know about it but because it's just us, just me and you, uh, here's the deal. We do like to teach the faith. So <laughs> little sneaky little 
making sure that you know more about your Catholic faith than you did before, praise be to God. So just think about the bragging rights of that. That's uh, one agenda item. Number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time, especially after carrying all that negative news. Uh, It's fun, and uh, we appreciate that, and our callers are, in fact, actually amazing. And then number three, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. Now, if you're just joining us and you're trying to figure this whole thing out, let me explain. We have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of us, but I do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know the correct answers. And instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian. The caller will have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian's answers? And the correct answer will go to the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. What could they win? (laughs) Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is the Catholic Candle Company. The winner this week is going to win a set of candles that are inspired. The scents are inspired by our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. Now, the set includes four candles, as I mentioned, and they're all hand-poured. Uh, especially with a prayer in Franklinton, North Carolina. Please check out their wares on their Etsy page and consider picking up a set for yourself. Just search for The Catholic Candle Company on Etsy. Thank you very much, Catholic Candle Company. All right. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to The Catholic Candle Company on Etsy. Uh, God is so very good. Let's go to the phones. Janelle, good morning to you. Good morning, Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Is this the Janelle that used to be part of our show? Yes, the one and only. Oh, it does say that in my notes. Yes, that Janelle. <laughs> I figured Joe would say, is this, is, this the, is this Janelle from, like, us, our, our Janelle? And I was like, he's going to ask that, so I'm just going to put it in the notes. It was yes, a year ago, Janelle. right? It was a year ago that you were uh, hanging out with us during the summer, your summer break in school. Yes, yes. It was it has been one great year. Praise be to God. Nice. How is life otherwise? What are you like? Uh, you going for PhD now? Like uh, I don't know what to, how much progress you've made over the past year. Well, I'm going into my last year of university, oh. um, and I'll be finishing my bachelor's in theology at the University of Saint Thomas. Wow! So Congratulations. We'll be praying for this uh, next year to be to be pretty amazing. Are you going to go on after that, or like what is your what are your plans? Do you know? Um, I was thinking of doing another year for a master's in a master of science of business, but we'll see what happens. Okay, okay. Well, you you know how this game works, right? Uh, Now, I I don't think you've met Rudy, so it's important for me to share with you that Rudy is not wearing a tie today. So you need to correlate that information with how tricky Rudy actually is. So, but you're you're going to go on for a master's. You could figure this out, right? So, but but of course you do know that I'm on your side here, so it's me and you together. Are you ready, Janelle? I'm ready. <sighs> Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Team Rudy. Good morning. No tie again today. <sighs> no tie. Team Rudy, we are Legion. We are. Yikes. <laughs> Just kidding. From your lips to Please, uh, your someone's ears. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rudy. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Praise be to God. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Are you really sure? Why are you making me second guess myself? Uh, I guess I'm ready. Someone yeah, I'm ready. has to. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's start with an easy one. How about that? All right. Rudy, can you tell me who is the patron saint of lost objects? Uh only he could help me find my mind. Mm. I lost it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be St. Anthony. 
I didn't say desperate causes. Um, <laughs> so you're saying lost objects, St. Anthony. Yes. So on the nose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something Captain Obvious. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll go. Let's, let's see what Adrian says, though. Now, Adrian, you are an alum of University of St. Thomas, where Janelle goes to school. I am, in fact, an alum of St. Thomas, where Janelle goes to school. So theoretically, you ought to be somebody she can trust. Um, this is a... Ought, uh, the... <coughs> yeah, maybe... <coughs> Aluminum? Squirm? Maybe. (laughs) Squirming? Okay. Um, Adrian, can you tell me, who is the patron saint of lost objects? The patron saint of lost objects is St. Dennis. Really? Because he had his head chopped off. Oh. He lost his head. Really? But then he picked it right back up. I see. So he found it. Huh. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, Janelle, you've got options. Who is the patron saint of lost objects? Your fellow alum suggests it's St. Dennis. Uh, but Rudy is saying it is St. Anthony. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Janelle in Houston, what say you? Hmm, this, is, this is really hard. Mm. Uh, mm. Sorry, I'm going to go with Rudy. <gasps> <gasps> wow. Betrayal. <laughs> Under the wise. So I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. St. <laughs> Dennis. Friendship over. <laughs> hey, didn't you say that was the, the patron saint of dentists? No, he's not. But Janelle's you family are dead. Yeah. Maybe he is. I don't know. St. Anthony is the correct answer. Not, the patron saint Apollonia. of lost objects. What was that, Janelle? It's St. Apollonia, I think, for the patron that's saint. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so okay. wise. Okay. Praise be to God. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Janelle. This next question, easily the hardest question of the day. Super oh, no. hard. Super no, hard. this is easy. The easiest question we've ever had, actually. I bet if we called your theology professor, they would say, she should be able to get this. So, no pressure. We're going to get Sister Chow in line right now. No pressure, but here we go. We're going to go with Adrian. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me? What is the Latin term for a solemn blessing given by the Pope in front of the chief basilicas on certain important occasions? Mm. Well, for anyone who's a long-term listener of Catholic Drive Time, we mentioned this twice Mm -hmm. because we've been around for two of them. Okay. And that would be the Urbi et Orbi blessing. The Urbi et Orbi, you say. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a toy made in China. Mm, you're thinking you're probably thinking of Orbeez with the little oh, balls yeah. and yes, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, totally different. <laughs> not the same. Totally different. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Not even close to the same. So this one's not made in China. Uh typically not. The Urbi et Orbi. It's typically made in Rome. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I got it. Hey Rudy, can you tell me what is the Latin term for a solemn blessing blessing? Given by the Pope in front of the chief basilicas on certain important occasions? Uh, yes, bow your head. I'll give it to you right now. It's Yikes. called the Benedictus. <laughs> I was bowing my head. Sorry. It's bow- bowing my head. Duck his head to the microphone. <laughs> it's called the what, you say? The Benedictus. Gesundheit. What was it? Benedictus. Oh, I see. That's, that was your answer. Okay. Uh, Janelle, uh, you got options. Uh, Rudy says it's called the Benedictus. Uh, but uh, Adrian is suggesting it's the Urbi et Orbi. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Janelle at the University of St. Thomas, what say you? Um, I'm going to go with Rudy. On purpose? Uh, for now. 
No, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's over. It's over. You I'm know. So this is what happens when you, when you don't trust me. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> yes. And here I thought Janelle and I were friends. And here we are. Here we are. Ouch. Uh, truth. Yeah. Truth hurts sometimes. In fact, the correct answer is the Urbi et Orbi. Which has nothing to do with no, the Orbeez. No, nothing to do nothing with Orbeez. Well, with I guess it has something to do. The word nothing. Orbe means like a, like like a, a orb, orb, I guess, yeah. in the world. So in a, in a sense, yeah. blessing of the world. connection. They're, the both, world. they're both round. <laughs> Got well, it. Okay. Yeah. Well, never fear, Janelle. We're going to get you in with this next question, which is easily the easiest Got question for of all time. There's zero chance she gets this right. There is a 100% chance you're getting this right. Just, just hang up. Just <sighs> Yeah, up. you could just hang up because we're going to put you in that cup the one way or the other because this is the easiest question ever. So Are you ready? What would you do if she hung up? <laughs> that would be horrible. Don't do that. I, was, <laughs> I didn't mean it literally. Okay, here we go. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me what colors are in the papal flag, sir? All right, so any country has multiple different flags depending on what's going on. Okay. The Vatican flag, some mm. might think it's yellow and white. I Actually, think. it's red, blue, and white. Is so it? Feel the blue okay. on a red cross, uh -huh. and the Sacred Heart is red. So okay. all of those colors, mm. red, blue, and white. I got a little confused mm. there, but okay. Sorry, the white is Red, colors. blue, and white, white is you're yeah. saying are the colors. That's right. Got it. Adrian, can you tell me what are the colors in the papal flag? The colors in the papal flag... Well, you look at the altar, and uh -huh. you look to the okay. left, yep. you look to the right of the oh, altar, yep. and usually there is a papal flag there, and it is white and yellow. White and yellow. Mm -hmm. True huh. facts. Interesting. Not false facts. True well, facts. Well, Janelle, what colors are the papal flag? Do they possess? Is it the uh, is it the white and yellow, as Adrian is suggesting, or is it the red, white, and blue, as Rudy has indicated? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janelle at St. John in Houston, Texas, what say you? Um, well, yellow is my favorite color, so mm. I'm going to go with Adrian. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> white and yellow is the correct answer, not red, white, and blue, Rudy. Good grief. Janelle, congratulations. I told you, you're in for two. It's great to hear your voice. God bless you, Janelle. Thanks for playing our game and having a laugh with us today. Thank you. I love you, Mom. All right. Praise God. That is going to do it for the radio side. It's good. Janelle, it's been a year since we've had Janelle on the show. It's good to hear her. She should try to come in and hang out with us one day. That'd be fun. Hey, if you can hang out with us in the after show, you get to conversate directly with us. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and I love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of Saints Joachim and Anne. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers 
And for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio, sing praise to our Creator, O you of Adam's race, God's children by adoption, baptized into His grace. Almost Holy Trinity, undivided unity, Holy God, Mighty God, God immortal be adored. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty, Almighty God, God and to and you, to my, my brothers and sisters, that I, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what, what I have done and in what I have, have failed to do, through, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O Lord, God of our fathers, who bestowed on Saints Joachim and Anne this grace, that of them should be born the mother of your incarnate Son, grant through the prayers of both that we may attain the salvation you have promised to your people. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Let my eyes stream with tears, day and night without rest, over the great destruction which overwhelms the virgin daughter of my people, over her incurable wound. If I walk out into the field, look, those slain by the sword. If I enter the city, look, those consumed by hunger. Even the prophet and the priest forage in a land they know not. Have you cast Judah off completely? Is Zion loathsome to you? Why have you struck us a blow that cannot be healed? We wait for peace to no avail, for a time of healing, but terror comes instead. We recognize, O Lord, our wickedness, the guilt of our fathers that we have sinned against you. For your name's sake, spurn us not. Disgrace not the throne of your glory. Remember your covenant with us, and break it not. Among the nation's idols, is there any that gives rain? Or can there, 
or can the mere heavens send showers? Is it not you alone, O Lord, our God, to whom we look? You alone have done all these things. The word of the Lord. For the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us. For the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us. Remember not against the iniquities of the past. May your compassion quickly come to us, for we are brought very low. For the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us. Help us, O God, our Savior, because of the glory of your name. Deliver us and pardon our sins for your name's sake. For the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us. Let the prisoners sighing come before you. With your great power, free those doomed to death. Then we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. Through all generations, we will declare your praise. For the glory of your name, O Lord, deliver us. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The seed is the word of God, Christ is the sower. All who come to him will live forever. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus dismissed the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In today's Gospel, we hear about the condition in which our world exists, and in fact, we can say even the condition which exists within the church, which namely is to say that Jesus permits, God permits, that the weeds and the wheat would be present together in the field and growing side by side. Interesting enough, when referring to the weeds, Jesus specifically says, those are the ones who cause others to sin and all evildoers. Causing another to sin can be done, of course, through bad example, but most effectively, one could say, would be 
causing others to sin by teaching what is evil to be something which is good. Taking something which is abhorrent to God and teaching it as something which is positive and good. I think one easy example of that, of course, in the world in which we live in today would be that of abortion. As St. John Paul II said in Evangelium Vitae, this is a dogma of our faith. It has belonged to our faith from the very beginning that it is impossible to ever justify the murdering of an innocent child or an unborn baby and to go against that or to be teaching that such a thing is good or a fundamental right would really be a classic example of leading others to sin by posing what is evil to be something which is good and even trying to present it as a kind of fundamental human right. In the midst of the church even we can say sadly that God allows that the weeds and the wheat can grow together. And it can lead us to ask the question, is the Catholic Church holy? And of course we know we have the four marks of the church, that the church is one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. So the answer is yes, the church is holy. But we can ask the question in what ways? Because we also know the church is made up of sinners. Even people like us who don't always get it right, uh, we're not yet perfectly holy. And therefore, we can say, how is it that the church is holy? Well, in the first place, the church is holy because her head is Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man. Jesus is the epitome of perfection and perfect holiness. And as head of the church, he is the one who guarantees the sanctity of the church and safeguards her holiness in that way. Secondly, we have to say, the church, again, through her divine head, has the means to make holy. In particular, through the power of the sacrament, gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are meant to help to sanctify the body of Christ, the people in the body of Christ. These are certain and sure gifts which can help us on our journey of faith. They are gifts which can sanctify. They are gifts which lead us to holiness. And so the church is also holy because she has the means to make holy. And finally, we should point out that yes, while it's true, there are sinners in the church, and sadly, sometimes even very bad sinners. We also have to remember that the church has had many people like you and me who have gone before us who have achieved their goal of holiness and have become remarkable saints for their time and, in fact, for all ages. And the saints, too, then, are a witness to the holiness which exists in the church. And so, my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, we are reminded of our own personal responsibility that we don't get to control what other people are doing or saying out there, but we absolutely have full responsibility for everything that we say and do. And therefore, let us ask God for the grace that we would never be people who lead others to any kind of wrongdoing, that we would always strive to provide a great example of being Christ-like disciples in our life. And let us, above all, give thanks to the God for the gift of Jesus in the church, that it is our divine Savior who guarantees and safeguards the holiness of the church and who gives to us then a sure and certain guide in our pathway through the travails of this world toward our heavenly destiny. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father 
and for all bishops that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in all their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders that they would be inspired to enact laws which safeguard the dignity of human life at every phase, especially those of the unborn, and laws that would always respect the natural law. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and receive the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, benefactors, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, for those who have asked for our prayers, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for a sincere and earnest desire to be holy in our lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his. And he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands. The praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive, we pray, O Lord, these offerings of our homage and grant that we may merit a share in the same blessing which you promised to Abraham and his descendants through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for in the marvelous confession of your saints, you make your church fruitful with strength ever new, and offer us sure signs of your love, and that your saving mysteries may be fulfilled. 
Their great example lends us courage. Their fervent prayer sustain us in all we do. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks as in exaltation we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaud, Planis Uncheli Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with Saints Joachim and Anne, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. 
May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaris moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater Nostrae, Quidas in Cenis, Sanctificetur Nomen Tuum, Adveniat Renum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Celo et in Terra, Panem Nostrum Quodinianum, Da Nobis Honie, Et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentacionem, se liberanos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, quitolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quitolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quitolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof.
but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit heal shall be, and humbly I'll receive thee, the bridegroom of my soul, no more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive him. And trust the word to me. Let us pray. O God, who willed that your only begotten Son should be born from among humanity, so that, by a wonderful mystery, humanity might be born again from you. We pray that, in your kindness, you may sanctify by the spirit of adoption those you have fed with the bread you give your children. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Hail, Holy Queen, enthroned above, O Maria. Hail, Mother of mercy and of love, O Maria. Triumphal, ye cherubim, sing with us, Ye seraphim, heaven and earth resound the hymn. Salve, salve, salve Regina. Our life, our sweetness here below. O Maria, our hope in sorrow and in woe, O Maria.
prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. I'm Travis Wade with Property Clinic Real Estate Transfer.